built it, and they came right in your fucking mouth. But that was Ew, not what I meant. Christ. Just like Jesus. I meant that she choked. The, hot dog. the ghost came. Yeah. Let's just yeah. move on. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Kate. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. We just had an amazing interview, didn't we? I know. We did. I I feel like I'm riding the wave and like riding that high of Mm -hmm. having an interview with friends of the podcast. Yeah. And so we're not going to say anything else about that just yet. No. But next week you will be able to hear this awesome interview we just had. So stay tuned for that. Um, In the meantime, I'm Kate. This is Caitlin. And together we're Hey Beautiful. We are Hey Beautiful, and we are recapping every single episode of How I Met Your Mother one week at a time. No spoilers. Spoiler-free. And so, yes. And so before we get into this week's episode, we have a couple legendary moments to catch up on from a couple past episodes. Yeah. From our good buddy Sam. So Sam sent us three legendary moments this week, two from past episodes as she was catching up, and then for this week. So um, her past ones were for the scorpion and the toad. She liked Ted's excitement about finding a 1939 penny. Bless. And she, <laughs> she said, these silly little things are what make me a Ted fan. It's classic Ted. It's classic classic Mosby. <laughs> yeah. And then for brunch, which was last week's episode, uh, she liked Ted's dad's story about how he met Ted's mom. How he just said, oh, great. A great story. I, I met her at a bar. <laughs> and she said, I love how Ted seriously overcorrects in how much detail he provides in his How I Met Your Mother story. It's good. I, yeah, I wonder how much detail he really would have given if he didn't see how terribly his dad did telling that story. Yeah, and I don't think we mentioned it, but he specifically says, like, that's it. That's what passes for communication in my family. Like, when yeah. I have kids, I'm going to tell them everything. Yeah, it's like at that moment he commits to being, like, the, the dad that he was hoping yeah. his dad would be. Future Ted we know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sam will be back later this episode with her legendary moment for this episode, along with tons of other ones from listeners just like you. That's right. And if you like Hey Beautiful and you haven't given us a review on iTunes yet, I'm very upset with you. Yeah. I'm crying right now. You just can't see it. I can see it. And yeah, those Caitlin tears are it. real. It's like a very ugly cry. It's um, really but ugly. S- but seriously, um, if you would like to leave us a review, that would be fantastic. It helps other fans find us. Because right now we're finding them one by one, which is great. But it would be fantastic if we had a little help from you guys. And you can always follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Hey Beautiful Pod. Let's get into Ted Mosby Architect. This is season two, episode four, Ted Mosby, Architect. First aired on October 9th, 2006. The director is our girl, Pamela Fryman, and Kristen Newman was the writer. <gasps> Lady writer! Lady writer! <laughs> so we're excited about that. This is Kristen's first episode she's written for How I Met Your Mother. She will write one more this season. Single stamina, so that's coming up later on. She was a writer um, on that '70s show, which I oh. watched a handful of episodes from, and she was on the production staff for *Mad About You*. Everybody loves Raymond. She also produced a bunch of shows, none of which I've really heard of. I think that '70s show 
um, How I Met Your Mother are probably the most famous. She's got a diverse portfolio of jobs. She does, yeah. Good for her, good for her. Future Ted is giving some pretty good relationship advice, I think, to his children and telling them that when a relationship is going really well, you think it's always going to be like that. But it never is. And we get these fun kind of back-to-back scenes that show Ted and Robin telling uh, Barney and Marshall and Lily about their first fight separately. So Marshall and Barney and Ted are at the bar and Lily and uh, Robin are together. So Ted walks into this bar. Oh, sounds like a bad joke. (laughs) Ted walks into McLaren's and announces to the boys that they just had their first fight. He's sort of, like, looking at it, he sort of looked relieved a little bit, kind of like... It happened. Mm. They had their first fight. And I got over the hump. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he realized, you know, even as future Ted tells us that not everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. And Robin walks in and to this nail salon where Lily's sitting getting her nails done. She looks kind of horrified and tells Lily that they just had their first fight. And I love this, like, kind of like back to back thing where you see Lily take out her ear pods as Barney puts them in. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Ted tells the guys that. There's this big project for his firm that they're trying to land, and it's a skyscraper in Spokane. And if they could get it, it would be really big for his company. And the lead architect unveiled his design, and we see these co-workers clapping, nodding approval. And Ted is horrified. Horrified. Yeah. Because – why, Kate? Why is he horrified? It looks like a penis. <laughs> that was way better than – I ever hoped it could be. Uh, yeah, so basically, it looks like a giant penis. Marshall helpfully points out that, oh, skyscrapers sort of look like that. But Ted tells him, it is a 78-story pink marble skyscraper with a rounded top and two spherical entryways in the front. Yowza. Yowza, indeed. Ted is just outraged that this quack gets to design this skyscraper. And Ted is stuck 12 hours a day working on the minutia of the penis building. And, you know, this sort of starts the wave of dick jokes that happen throughout the episode. Who doesn't uh, love a dick joke? This little scene here. Yeah, you know, the whole package, <coughs> all those other things. Give me the shaft, yada, yada. So then we, we cut back <laughs> to Lily and Robin at the salon. I'm going to say right off the bat, don't love that it's... Asian women doing their nails with the backs of the camera, just silently doing the work. And there are no, hardly ever any Asian characters with lines on the show ever. Just very, very rarely. Unless it's like the stereotypical Asian restaurant worker. Yeah, right, right, right. So that's problematic. We're going to move right along. We all know it's problematic. It turns out that the fight didn't end. Robin just walked out of whatever argument was happening and... We learn that this is kind of her M.O. to just leave when things get bad. And this is not the last time that we'll see her do that. When shit gets hot, Robin likes to book out of there. Same. <laughs> so this is also the first time that Robin uses the word literally, like, very obviously. Mm. And her use of literally is referenced in season three. If you've watched the show, <laughs> you know what this is talking about. So we'll see that uh, in season three. And it turns out that lately Ted has been talking about how much he hates his job nonstop. And Robin was over it before she even got there. You know, she says her day was great. And she doesn't bother to ask him how his day was because she knows it was awful. And because Robin was apparently raised by wolves and has never been in a relationship before, 
she doesn't realize how offensive she sounds when she says things like that or when Mm -hmm. she says, my work stories are more interesting than yours, so of course you listen to mine, basically. (laughs) Like, I'm a TV reporter. Hello, I'm more interesting. So, I mean, it's true. I mean, her work stories are literally on television because they are just that interesting. Literally? Are they literally on television? (laughs) They are literally (laughs) on television. (laughs) Yes. Of course, they're more interesting, but that doesn't mean that you get to tell them more than the other person in the relationship. It's just very obvious that the same thing I always say is true. They need to communicate better because the reason this is happening is half Robin is raised by wolves and half she's been holding on to a lot of resentment and frustration with him and hasn't said anything. Mm -hmm. She would not have worded this as bluntly or as shittily as she did if they had sat down and, like, had a conversation about, like, yo, you need to find some good in your life before this fucking ends. Yeah. And Liz actually had to do that to me. It wasn't about work, but it was about the political climate after the election. Mm. I was like, everything fucking sucks. Everything's terrible. The world's going to hell, and I hate everything. And Liz is like, okay, we're getting married. Things are between us are good and I would like you to enjoy some of your life because it feels like I'm part of all the things that suck when you do that. Mm. Oh. oh. You know what I mean? And I realized like, fuck, I do. I need some like balance in my life. Yeah. Because I was being way too negative. So Ted needed that come to Jesus talk, but Robin, (laughs) not the one to give it to him. Not the one to give it to him, no. Lily is rightly horrified by by her reaction and it sort of sets up Lily as the relationship whisperer for this mm-hmm. episode. So she's using all that knowledge that she got when she was with Marshall to try to teach Robin how to be in a relationship. And the first thing is you have to listen to each other's boring work stories. Like that's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. And so she, Lily's kind of helping her navigate and debrief on her, on their first fight. We then find out that it got worse from just Robin saying your work stories suck. I don't care about them. Um, it turns like, out, which is I mean, bad. that was like really hurtful to say. I, when I look forward to when Chris gets home every day, and I look forward to sharing. Um... Sorry, he gross. Was I had to give him a kiss. I know, but I look forward to that. It's like one of the best parts of my day. She also says that she hates being told the same story over and over again, and she assumes that Ted would hate that too, but it's fucking Ted. Like he <laughs> loves telling and hearing stories. Oh, and I imagine, mm-hmm. yeah, tell hearing the same story over and over again. If it's a good one, he's cool with it. And the boys are horrified to find out that one such thing she would never like to hear again or see again is field of dreams. In Robin's world, a movie you would watch over and over is die hard. And Field of Dreams is the movie that she could not even make it through. Once is more than enough. And this amazing scene unfolds as we see the back and forth cuts between Robin and Lily and then the boys of Robin and Lily, Lily sort of progressing through the, the fight and talking about it. And the boys are still just like stalled on Field of Dreams They've, saying they nothing. They haven't moved any, anymore. Just keeps cutting back to them just like completely like speechless about it um and even lily assumed oh he's not mad about the movie he's mad that you didn't listen to him but no ted's sitting at the bar crying about field of dreams 
well, you know, like when he had that catch, like he should have done when he was younger and it meant something. <laughs> you know what? I don't even know because I've seen that movie once. You know when what? I watched it in seventh grade. It's I'm I'm happy that boys and men get sports movies and war movies because they're not allowed to cry about anything else. <laughs> Gotta give them something, I guess. But I mean, it's it's there. I'm glad that it. I'm glad that it makes sense to them and that they can get at, get out their emotions that way. Maybe we should just be watching. We should just make guys watch Field of Dreams on a loop. Yeah, maybe, maybe a that lot of bad stuff wouldn't happen. Solve a as lot of much. problems. Yeah, man. I think we're we're on to something. Uh, viewing. Just put them in a room with like Field of Dreams, Saving Private Ryan. Just oh, Brian's song. Oh, remember, remember the Titans. Yeah, oh Rudy. God. That these should be required song once is a week. One my dad still talks about. Brainwash. We just need to brainwash them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean they already are. Right? Yeah. Conditions like not to cry or have feelings. Just reprogram them. Was I raised as a boy? <laughs> I... Oh my god, you're like Robin. Oh. <laughs> but she's number five on my list. I don't want to be Robin. <laughs> Shit. Well, what does that guess... say about you? I hate myself. And how you feel about new. yourself. <laughs> something new. All right. Moving on. So Moving on. Yeah, Field of uh, Dreams. So, you know, he's like, that is your number one worst movie. Like, that you think of terrible movie and you go to Field of Dreams. And she's like, yeah, it's fucking ghosts playing baseball. <laughs> it's stupid. Oh, God. It's about ghost baseball players. I can't get enough of that line. No lies detected. Because that's what it's about. <laughs> it's about ghost yeah. baseball players. My favorite part of that movie is when the little girl, uh, Gabby Hoffman, chokes on the hot dog, falls off the bleachers. <laughs> <laughs> so hard <laughs> and that is more of that movie than i remember i remember like losing my shit when she like chokes on the fucking hot dog <laughs> that's so, what you get uh, you, you built it <laughs> that's what you get you built it you get came... choking on hot dogs you were gonna ask me something. yeah i was gonna ask you what is your number one go-to tip of the tongue bad movie if it's not field of dreams one that I, like, can't get through. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you mine, because I talked about this at dinner, because with the boys, I wasn't sure. I had this question I wanted to ask you, but I wasn't even sure what my movie was, because in general, I love movies. I'll see any movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I talked to the boys, like, what is your number one bad movie? Jack said Minions. He liked Despicable Me, but he hates the Minions and is so sick of, like, mm. that they got their own feature film. Whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. There is one movie that we could not finish, Chris and I. And it was. Like, turned it off because it was horrible. Um, Dinner for Schmucks. Aha! The French version's really good. The and English I, version uh, is not. Why does that surprise me? Because America ruins everything. Dîner des cons is good. <laughs> but, yeah, the, I don't even think I saw that one. I guess the one, for me, the movie that I walked out of was black dahlia really you walked out i walked the fuck out and you know what but even worse than black dahlia i think was pearl harbor the fucking worst movie i watched that movie solely for kate beckinsale and like the 1940s fashion sure that's as deep as it got i'm i'm still not even really sure what the connection was between ben affleck's character and then what's the guy that 
Khan. Oh, he he dies, quote unquote, but they killed Ben Affleck in the first like two fucking minutes. You're like, oh, he's not dead. Like, there's just no- yeah. nothing is good. It's like there's no way Ben Affleck is dead. Yeah. So that think- was that was one that I should have walked out on even more than Black Dahlia. But Black Dahlia was fucking bad. Anyway. So those are the bad movies. Okay, so what's the movie you can watch over and over again? Is it is it the Heat? Yeah, of course it's the Heat. The Heat. The fucking Heat. Fair question. The heat is fair question. Fair question. Are you a boy or a girl? <laughs> Are you a boy or a girl? Are if, you a knock? Literally, I would watch that till like if if I could have one movie on a desert island, deserted yeah. island, that would probably be it. But so there is one movie that I have watched every day for probably the last six or seven years. What you put it on before you go to bed? Mm-hmm. What is it? Pride and Prejudice. Interesting. It's the I love the soundtrack. You you're never gonna wake up and feel scared or nervous mm. because of what you hear. It's just like very like beautiful British accents the soundtrack's really quiet and lovely uh yeah nice and I have also watched that movie separately a lot like I yeah yeah interesting I haven't watched a lot of movies lately Mm -hmm. I usually just watch you know the office over and over again or how I met your mother Mm -hmm. but one that I watched all the time and probably have committed to memory still um, girl interrupted. I have never seen the whole movie of that. Bitch! You need to watch we're gonna it. We're going to wear so our overalls, our, our blossom hats, and we're going to watch, watch some girl fucking movies. Hell yeah, dude. Hell Probably yeah. Probably in the comfort of our own homes, because we don't really like to go anywhere. Our own, like, separate Fucking homes. duh. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah. yeah. Just text Normal. during it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> do this. Yeah, we'll do this during it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, anyway... Back to the show. We find out Robin's never been in this serious of a relationship before, and it's only been a few months, so yikes, for starters. Mm -hmm. Um, Marshall tells Ted to forget about her. He's got this great party lined up, but then as he's talking about this great party, he realizes this is the first time he's going to be seeing all of his law school friends since he and Lily broke up, and that he's going to basically ruin the whole party by telling them that they broke up. Um, so at this point, we think that his law school friends are, like, super invested in their relationship. We'll, we'll find out if that's true. Yeah, we'll find out more about that. Barney's not going to go to the party because he has Foxy Boxing tickets. We have yet to see him actually get to Foxy Boxing. <laughs> he always has tickets from who knows what. Maybe he has season tickets or something. Ted says he's out, too, because he needs to go back to work and keep feeling sorry for himself. Barney tries to talk him out of this sort of pity party he's having, saying... Your job is not boring. Your job is hot. Girls love guys that create things. Um, and women who aren't Robin would fall all over you just to be with an architect. And we see Barney sort of try on the Ted Mosby architect. And it's very convincing. Like, you can see how it would work on some girls. And then he gets up and ends up leaving with Marshall, or so we think. And after they're gone, Ted tries to take the theory for a spin. Um, and he goes up to two women at the bar and asks them what they think of architects. Well, really just the quote-unquote hot one. The one in the shiny halter. Right, the shiny halter and the smackable ass. Yes. And he starts chatting her up like he doesn't have a girlfriend. Getting a little flirty. Yeah, yeah, um, more than a little. 
I just want to point out one thing. Um, when Barney tries out the Ted Mosby architect and he has this great delivery. Mm-hmm. So in my notes, I wrote that Barney tells him it's the delivery and that Ted usually does it mopey and Barney would be more confident. And then I wrote in parentheses, do an impression if you want. And then a little bit later, I had gone back and added, you probably shouldn't. It will seem like a good idea, but it is not. <laughs> so <laughs> note, from past Caitlin to future Caitlin. Thank you for always looking out for me. After Ted has this kind of flirty exchange, uh, we hear this kind of like magical, ethereal transition music. I, I am picturing a lot of like wind chimes and a harp mm, and this harps, shock yeah. of the New York skyline. It's beautiful. And we see Lily and Robin walk into the bar. And Robin has on this horrible, horrible, horrible outfit. Like... <laughs> I I don't even know what the fuck they were thinking. A lot of times when I watch the episodes, Kate is really in-depth with her analysis, and I just kind of, like, still just watch it for fun and try to take some notes. Okay. Uh, but I could not get over this. Like, <laughs> like I, it, just, it just was, like, burned into my brain. I hate it. Uh, anyway, so they walk up to the bar looking for Ted, and one of the other halter top girls comes up and overhears them talking about Ted. It's just... Oh, Ted Mosby, the architect? And Robin's totally caught off guard because, well, like, yeah, that that would be Ted. He is Ted but Mosby. But you're random. Yeah, very random. And this, this woman just comes up and says that. So then we get this flashback to Ted with the two girls. And they're sitting in this, like, rounded booth. And Ted's got his arms out. And he's going on and on about having the soul of an artist and the hands of a master craftsman and all that like <laughs> bullshit that Ted usually is like spewing, laying it on a real thick, very nauseous. Yeah. But like at this point we should have known something was up. Oh, for sure. On first watch. I mean, Ted has never been that smooth a goddamn day in his life. No, no. Come to find out that, uh, the girl, the smack of the ass is going to Marshall's law party per Ted's invite. Mm-hmm. so robin's kind of like awesome he got to bitch and she doesn't have to listen to it and you know maybe he'll just come over for the fun stuff because that's the best parts of the relationship but lily reminds her that she should be upset you know you're supposed to listen to boring work stories and you're supposed mm-hmm. to be upset when he picks up a random girl at a bar um, unless that's part of your arrangement yeah, if that's part of your arrangement and everyone is uh, consenting adults, then that's you right. Know, who fucking cares? None of your business. And maybe that's right, but that is not the situation here. That is not the situation. It could be, but maybe it it definitely is not. Anyway, so Robin seems okay with this because, and this is a problematic line. She says, "Because in my mind, she's fash." Because. Boo! Boo. Kate and I were just talking about, like, because apparently you can't be fat and beautiful. That's Boo. not true. Which is just such a really poor, garbage, throwaway line. They could have come up with any fucking thing else. Like, anything else. Like, you know, give me the line about ha- her having a brow ridge like a caveman again. Please. Please. Right. I'm, ah. And I'm, I'm a little sad that it was a woman that at least oversaw the writing of that. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know if Kristen penned that line, but... I don't love like it. we're gonna go with that's it is 2006 but it just feels cheap and it just feels mm-hmm. lazy it, it felt out of character yeah i mean why couldn't she just say she was ugly that's fine because that's like that's because that's very um 
subjective, right? Like, ugly to Robin might not be ugly to everybody. Right. I mean, she's dating Ted, so. Oh, right. just kidding. Ted's adorable. hey oh Yeah. Um. Anyway, so come to find out that the girl's ass looks better than the other girl's face. <laughs> I lo- love like, that line. Her ass looks better than my face. And then suddenly. I love that. That's it. That's all they needed to hear. They are on. Yeah, and, suddenly uh, Robin cares. Yeah, suddenly Because the girl Robin isn't cares. fat. Exactly. Whatever. And I also love that Lily says, sort of spells out exactly what she's doing here, which is teaching love as a second language. Yeah. Because Robin is so freaking clueless. Like, wanting to just have the sex part and not the relation, like the conversation part, that's a hookup. That's not a relationship. That's a hookup, right. Oh, God. Well, now we know why she's never had a, a long-term thing. Why she's never really had a relationship. Right. So the next scene, we get the voiceover, and we see, you know, this prestigious buildings of Columbia, and we hear that Marshall's classmates in Columbia Law were some of the nation's sharpest minds, but by we day. cut to this party. By day, yes, by day. But at night, we cut to this party that is in full swing. Everyone's drunk, grinding, making out, stumbling around. Um, by the time Robin and Lily show up, so it's probably a little bit later in the party. And throughout this whole party, we will see different people acting a fool, and then we'll get a freeze frame, and they'll tell us where that person is now, which is pretty cool. Love, love that. Yeah. And so the first one we get is this big dude that's naked wearing a beer belt, and he <laughs> says, who wants to shave my ass? And that... <laughs> Turns out to be one of our future Supreme Court justices. Um, and so then this dude walks up, drunk legal dude, a.k.a. Brad. A.k.a. Joe. Mangianello. They, I can never say it. He is obviously most famous for being Sophia Vergara's husband. Obviously, Vergara, yeah. Vergara. What else has he done? I remember watching um, True Blood. And when he oh, played, yeah. he was in that. And I remember watching him and thinking he looked really, really familiar, but Brad was not, we'll see him again. That's not really like a huge, huge spoiler. Um, no. But I remember thinking like, where the fuck do I know him from? And then seeing it again, I was like, holy shit, Alcides uh, Brad. Like, well, he's also like, like pumped up a lot. Like he's mm-hmm. got, he gained a lot of muscle. Yeah. He wasn't as bulky. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like a smaller dude program. here. Yeah, and um, he's also in Magic Mike, right? Oh, he was. Hold on. His name is Big Dick Richie. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't give a fuck about Magic Mike. I don't care. No, no, but that's a great I, name. I like it all, but. <laughs> I love it. Um, I so Brad makes them sign a waiver before they come into the party, which I think is excellent. Super responsible, and honestly. I love it. And there is a little bit of a a continuity issue here because Brad doesn't acknowledge that he knows Lily at all. Yeah. I was waiting for it to happen and it never did. Well they didn't so even there's say like his a little weirdness Brad. there. He was drunk legal dude. Drunk legal dude. Yeah, but he like, clearly like sat everybody down like because Marshall sits everybody down later and tells them like we broke up and he's in that group, so you assume he knows Lily. Right, I would have thought, um, but, uh, so two things. One, they're drunk at a party. Two, maybe, Mm. 
and I feel like this is a stereotype, but I feel like this is an also experience from my, the, the two men I live with. They're really bad at remembering people. So maybe he couldn't place her without seeing Marshall. And also she changed her hair. Oh, fuck it. I'm not surprised he didn't know. Yeah. That was not so, a cut. Um, it was written by a woman. The episode was written by a woman that was very smart and careful and clever writing Kristen Newman. That's okay. what it was. <laughs> we'll we'll give her the we'll give her the app. We'll give her the app. So drunk legal dude doesn't know Lily, but he does know Ted by name and occupation. So at this mm-hmm. point we know Ted is running all over town telling everybody he's an architect and just leaving such an impression on everybody. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the fuck? So we get a flashback to Ted and kickboxing girl chatting at the party and you know he's bragging about his awards in a kind of like humble brag kind of way and talking about watching the sunrise over your first building gag me then we also see uh, again cool time time playing stuff we see the fully clothed future supreme court justice before he got drunk and we see uh drunk legal dude trying to talk him into like getting his ass shaved so we know that this happened he's like nervous looking i would never i would (laughs) never yeah (laughs) So that's, that's cool that they throw that little wink in there. And then still in the flashback, Marshall sits down everybody at the party. Like he gathers them around. They're all talking. He like, gathers hey guys, them. Come over here. Sit down yeah. for a sec. Right. Yeah. So he's convinced that all these people give a shit about his and Lily's relationship dissolving. He tells them and the first thing they do is start talking about his legal rights yeah. to the apartment and, the, and her Jean-Louis. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like covering his ass and sort of taking this in a this taking this very analytical approach to it. And Marshall says, "The love that made you all believe in love died." Like, that's that's bold, dude. That's a really that's bold. bold. Yeah, and that to me sort of echoes. I feel like the way Ted thinks about a lot of things that like his relationship is like the center of everybody's universe. Yeah. It is not. And neither is Marshall's. And he gets that because Kara uh, starts, you know, saying that she he should sue her. And we find out that she is going to be our next, our, our future attorney general, but not before she totally fucks up ripping that beer bong. So back in real time, we start to see Lily's regrets about her and Marshall. And, you know, we kind of knew them peripherally but she's you know really talking about how Mm -hmm. she's thrown away such a good relationship because you know marshall clearly is still so upset and he's not out or he would never have been out doing this to her and you know they had a good back and forth and they listened to each other and she just threw it away so this journey seems to be for robin but she's also getting a lot out of it it's sort of Mm -hmm walking her through all of that regret and reflection and remorse that will, you know, put her in a different, a different place in a different headspace when it comes to Marshall. Brad tells them that Ted and the girl with the smackable ass went to a club and Robin can't believe it because like Ted fucking hates clubs, but flashback Ted somehow loves clubs. I want to point something out first. Did you yeah. notice anything in the background of this scene? Dude. So in the background, there's a guy who's facing this way. But mm-hmm. you see his arm go back. So he's like this. 
And yeah. he's talking. And then he kind of, like, disappears. But there's a yellow, like, mannequin upside down with its legs up like this. And he's rubbing the legs of the mannequin. What the hell? the complete opposite way. It's about 11 minutes, 10, 15 seconds in if you want to go back and look for it. That's a very Like, I want to know if anyone thing. else. So, one of my favorite. Oh, a movie I could watch over and over again. Amelie. Seen it a million <gasps> times. Lots of stuff going on. We'll never get sick of that movie. Classic. Holds up. Perfection. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the things that she loves noticing things in movies that no one else sees. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, like, you see, like, The Fly or whatever? Yeah, yeah. If I've seen a movie a lot or I've watched something a lot, then I can kind of look at things that are happening in the background. Or mm-hmm. when people take pictures, I love seeing their messy houses. In the flashback, Ted actually invites Marshall, too. So they're both at the club. And now Robin really freaks out. And she says, dancing leads to sex. <laughs> And Lily asks if she grew up in that footloose town, which I love. Now Robin is is panicking like a normal girlfriend would. She calls him and he doesn't answer and then panics even more. So she calls Marshall and we see Marshall look around and then say, oh, no, Ted's not here. He's working. And the first time you see it, you get the same sort of pit in your stomach you get when Marshall calls the hotel and a guy answers the phone yeah, that like, like that you we've crossed a we've crossed a threshold like yeah. this is fucking bad because Marshall would lie for Ted. I mean even if it was something bad Marshall would. Right. He would be telling Ted the whole time like you need to tell Robin but he would lie to him. He, he would lie for him. For sure in a second one thing to us. I mean, especially to Robin. I would I would lie for you. So Oh, I would lie for you. Right. Robin obviously thinks that Marshall's lying for Ted and that Ted's cheating on her. At a fucking club, of all places. A club called Posers. And Posers is an excellent name for a club for this episode. Oh, yeah. Duh. I meant to go back, but is this the same outside as Okay Awesome? It's the same setup. It's the same bouncer. It's the same bouncer. Yeah. I knew that. Oh, I didn't put that in there. I was like, hey, it's him. But it's like the same, like, street and on the right hand side is the you know whatever so i felt like maybe yeah it could be it it could definitely could be anyway Mm -hmm. so i wrote they try to get info out of the same bouncer (laughs) uh lily gives him a 20 to help refresh his memory um but all he like he really needed was just more information about who literal because it literally (laughs) was a busy night and so by now robin's kind of caught on and she mentions that one of them's an architect and oh yeah, Ted moves to the architect. We get this flashback to Ted leaving the club with the kickboxing girl, and she tells him that she one lives step right behind. across the street. Mm-hmm. Always one step behind. Uh, kickboxing girl tells him she lives across the street, and Ted's like, "Well, I should at least give you a ride." And he like has her hop on his back. Like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck? Who is this guy, right? Who, Who the fuck is, is this, this guy? guy? He is not the Ted mm-hmm. I know and love. And no. uh, before they head back, uh, Marshall comes out and is is really kind of worried now because this charade has gone on long enough and it, it works. But aren't you worried about someone? Aren't you worried about someone finding mm. out about this? Enough is yeah. enough. Yeah, and you it's know? like that same kind of double speak that we got with Lily's art teacher in San Francisco, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it brought back. 
Uh, memories up for me. Clearly, the bouncer knows who this girl is, and Robin asks for where she lives, but he won't do it for less than 20, and they don't have any more money, so they're kind of <laughs> out of luck. Until Vinny, the, the bouncer, asks for Robin's purse because his girl likes clutches. My girl Robin, likes clutches. My girl likes clutches. I love that line. And I also love then when Robin's taking out her stuff and she's like, bitch is lucky I brought my small purse. No room for my gun. <laughs> for my gun. <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, I'm whatever. I'm not going to get into guns, but I just love that. Yeah. I love that line. And Lily's like, tell her it looks good with a chocolate boot. <laughs> They're just Such so a sad, great scene. But yeah. it's so worth it. So a few things about the scene. First of all, I can't believe how much Barney knows about architecture. Architecture. He must be, like, Googling shit on his phone. So I put that in there. Um, is that, like, he t- talks about, talks about Frank, was it Gary or something? Frank Gary, something? yeah. Yeah, a, a, an architect. Like, just to be able to, like, pull that knowledge up. And mid-century tri-level? Yeah. He's Unless- a fucking masterful. Ted probably talks about shit a lot. Yeah. And this probably isn't the first time Barney's been like, hmm. Maybe I should try to be an architect sometime. But girls would like that. You know, I, I doubt this is the first time that he's yeah, taken us for a ride. One of his plays. Mm-hmm. That he's been waiting to use. Yeah. 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 Um, and I also love when Lily says, oh, my God, Robin, are you going to kick this girl's ass? And Robin says, yeah, and steal her purse and, like, marches across the street, like, holding yeah. all of her things. Well, I love how she just has all of her stuff. I would not have been able to carry everything in my purse in my hand. Like there would have been a whole extra scene of me like throwing out receipts and gum wrappers like in the trash, (laughs) you know, like just give me a minute. (laughs) Hold hold on. Hold on. I just usually carry around a little change purse in the shape of a cat head. Cute. (laughs) And that's just kind of my purse now. I just like can't be bothered with because all my purse holds is receipts and gum wrappers. That's so true. I can't downsize because I'm also Liz's purse. On Chris's purse. Hold and my I'm... keys. Hold my sunglasses. Yep. Hold my gum. Like, bitch, get your own purse. Hold my wrapper. Take this receipt for mm-hmm. the gum. Bitch, when we went to my sister's bridal shower, there were gumballs on every table. I looked in my purse at the end of the night. There were upwards of 20 orange gumballs in my fucking purse. Ooh, good call. Good call. Trash. All right, so when we get to the girl's apartment... You know, everything's ramped up. We've come to, like, the climax of the episode, right? Robin is, like, livid and her adrenaline's pumping. But then when they realize that the door is actually unlocked, she sort of slows down for a second and and sort of freezes. Yeah. And she says, I'm the problem. I'm the reason that he's doing this. I was so bad to him that he feels like he needs to cheat with somebody else. That is his choice to cheat, Robin. It is not a reflection on you. Absolutely. But Robin's young in relationships, right? She's never been in one. Lily amps her back up. And she's like, this isn't on him. This isn't on you. Get in there and take it out on the girl and I'll take Ted, which I love. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so they open the door and they go through the the classic Spencer Gifts beads, which we all have. I love the beaded door. So great. Um, And so the shower's running. So someone's in the shower. You can see, like, and then an we arm, see, like yeah, arm. yep. And then um, on the bed we see a naked man leg, and that's when Robin kind of flips out because she's like, "Oh my god, he's right there, naked in this bitch's bed!" And she rushes in and turns on the light, and surprise, it's, it's fucking Barney. Barney. Dun, dun, dun. 
And all of a sudden, it all makes sense. Then we get to go back and see all the different times that it was absolutely Barney and that we were silly for not catching on sooner. Um, turns out Ted has been at work the whole time, like Marshall said. And we go back to the beginning and see how Barney came back to the bar to get his tickets. Oh, no, his binoculars for Foxy oh, Boxing. Yeah. And, like, swoops in just as Ted is leaving to go to work. And Mm -hmm. Ted hadn't told the girls his name. And Barney sees the opportunity to be Ted Mosby, architect. So he paints Ted as an intern. Of course. And swoops in. And honestly, he looks more the part with the fucking suit. He really does. He looks very sharp. You can pull off most things. And this is another little part that I love. Uh, The girls are like, no, stay. And he says, yeah, stay. And then mouths, go. Go. (laughs) (laughs) just just the best just masterful and um so we find out hot girl's name is anna Mm -hmm. and now we see them you know throughout the night we have he's at the party bragging and you know it makes more sense and Mm -hmm. then we're outside the club and the inflection and subtext of what marshall said is changed so you know this whole ted mosby architect thing it isn't you and so that's ted ted right 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 so we can see how it, it means something different in the and, real story. And even the lines coming from Barney's mouth just feel so much better. And Oh, you know, yeah. Like, You're like, how did I ever think this was Ted? Yeah. Foolish. Ted has zero game. Back in the apartment in present day, we find out that the reason Barney decided to try this out and not use his own name is because he's been having some bad press. And, um, <laughs> on the, yeah, on the World Wide Web. On the world, yeah, and that's not going to stop. We will see that the bad press will continue for Barney. Lily's relieved because this means, you know, nothing's changed. Barney's still a pig and Ted is still a great guy. But Robin's upset because, you know, she's become this crazy, jealous girlfriend that she never wanted to be. Lily's like, this is what people are like in relationships. And you should have been crazy jealous. Like, this story was insane. Lily says, I haven't been crazy or jealous in months and I really miss it. And all I have to say to that is, fucking stay tuned, Lily. Barney cuts into their, like, after-school special moment and just says, this concludes the pouring our hearts out in the the bedroom of my one-night stands bedroom. portion of the evening. Yeah. And yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. because I totally forgot where they were, you know? Like, you just forget yeah. where they were because it was such, like, a close focus on them. And Barney heads out, but not before leaving a form letter as a goodbye. Oh, my God. Pure class. So I don't know if you noticed this, but as they leave the apartment, the paper, the letter he writes, falls behind a table. Really? Yeah. Oh, you did notice some cool stuff. Yeah. So we have future Ted narrating to us, and um, we find out that Robin took a long walk home that night and kind of had this realization that opening yourself up to somebody else means that you are also opening up yourself to be a little crazy. And all of this to the tune of Here I Dreamt I Was an Architect by the Decemberists. Yes. It's a perfect name for a song for this scene. While Robin is walking, too, she realizes that it's just easier to be alone. And it's true. Mm. It is easier to be alone. You don't have to answer to anybody. You do what you want when you want. Um, but I think like that can get a little lonely. Oh, yeah. Well, you can be alone, but not lonely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think... The way Robin's face looked, I felt like she realized she had been feeling kind of lonely, even mm-hmm. though she was like she was alone and lonely. 
yes. wasn't alone yes. and like okay. She was alone and lonely. You yeah, don't she be winds alone. up at Ted's office, and we see that <clears throat> Ted actually has really been working all night, just like he said he was, and completely oblivious to like everything that's just happened all night, all yeah. the craziest. So Ted asks her about how her night was because he is a good boyfriend, and even if he does not give a fuck, he's still going to ask. She's just kind of like nonchalant about it because that's funny to us, the audience, because we know she's had a really crazy night. And then yeah. she asks Ted and she really means it. And you can tell that she wants to hear now about all of his boring architect stuff. And I like I love this when she apologizes. She says, I love being the person you bitch to. And I think yeah. I know that anytime I wasn't in a relationship, that was always something I missed. I missed having someone to share the details with the stupid yeah. stuff that nobody else fucking cares about really and really even like your significant other doesn't care about it but like willie explains like that's just something you do that's yeah just you do. totally yeah um, absolutely so he finally shows her the plans for the building and uh robin makes this joke about the how you know it would look bigger if the foliage at the base was trimmed back <laughs> Um, Just one dick joke after another. I love it. Yeah, I love all the dick jokes. I'm here for them. Um, Mm -hmm. And Ted tells her that he made plans of what he thinks it should be. And so he goes over to show her, and we hear future Ted again telling his kids if they remember the time they went to Spokane and how he showed them that building. And it was the first one he ever designed, and that night was the first time he ever showed anybody it. I think... If I were the the kids, that would be like this would be the first story where I'm just like, wow, okay, like that was a big night for you or something. Like your first, yeah. arch- your your first architect, <laughs> your first skyscraper, and the first time you showed it to somebody. I think that is kind yeah. of yeah, a cool. And it make it's something that they can sort of, they feel like they're actually part of that story, you know? Right. Yeah, because they they've seen they it. it. It's, yeah, it's very exactly. concrete. Yeah. And as a creative, I mean, it's a huge deal to so show somebody a draft of something. It's very vulnerable. Huge vulnerable. deal. And you have to be really brave and you really put yourself out there. Because think about it. He's been bitching for weeks, mm-hmm. apparently. He hasn't once mentioned this building. So he didn't feel safe talking to her about it until now. Right. And so... This night, without him even knowing it, like this night allowed them both to be more vulnerable with each other and get to a new level. Yeah. You know, she feels a lot more grateful for him because she's been out seeing like how just being an architect sort of bewitches people, right? And also she's seen how someone like Barney treats women versus how Ted is. Even when she walked in and she sees him sitting there and she just kind of sighs and she's like, of course. Of course yeah. he's here. He's Ted. You know, she Where kind of, like, she let herself on. forget for a minute, and now there's, like, more trust between them. To quote Victoria, he's mm. the best guy I know. That's so right. Of course he's there. It's Ted. I feel like I battle sometimes with my inner jealous voice, and I have to kind of, like, let rational Caitlin take over a little more and squash those irrational, yeah. jealous stupid like and i'm not even talking about like cheating i'm talking about like dumb shit like oh yeah you know yeah yeah my irrational voice oh people are real good at hiding cheating you don't even have a chance to be jealous it's the dumb shit it's always the dumb shit that makes you crazy oh yeah 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 so 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, we know there's a story coming about him building this skyscraper, right? Like mm-hmm. we know we don't need to build up to that. The dad or future Ted has planted the seed that this penis building doesn't get built. So we're going to see like where the story Wait. goes from there to get us there. And that's a kind of cool thing that they do often, you know, they sort of create this gap that we want to fill in. We want to learn all the information along the way. And, and that's like the heart of the show. It's filling in all the gaps. It's it's yeah. learning all of that information. Yeah. Cause we know yeah. how it ends, right? We know how it ends. It's, so we know how it ends. How do we get there? How do we get there? It's the journey. Yeah. So um, after the end, we get just a little fun scene, which is Anna sitting down after her shower, reading the form letter, (laughs) which tells the girl that Barty is, or Ted, is only allowed to materialize once every decade on the anniversary of his death because he's a fucking sex ghost, basically. I chose to spend my one day among the living with you, sweet resident. Sweet resident. Sweet, Perhaps sweet we'll meet again in another decade, provided you keep your figure. Another fat joke. And I love because she says because you know he signs the the form letter. Until then, all my love from the beyond, Barney. And resident fucked up and says Barney. Who the hell is Barney? Because he's been Ted all night. Barney fucked up. So what did you think of Ted Mosby Architect, Caitlin? I think it's a solid episode. I told you earlier I was pretty surprised that uh, on IMDb it was rated an 8.9. Um, hmm. it, but it's a solid episode. I enjoyed it the fuck out of it. So Yeah, it's got all that stuff that you love, like the, yeah, the time. piece-by-piece storytelling and the, the time stuff. Yeah, and it was also a fast-paced episode for being about Ted and Robin. It went. Yes, my there was a lot of action, a lot of action, and it did push the plot forward. We found out yeah. about the building. There's this building happening now, uh-huh. and um, Ted and Robin have moved to a sort of a deeper place in their relationship. So we we found out on this episode that a lot of women think. Architects are hot. Do you think architects uh, yes. is a sexy... Uh... Um, I think, like, Carpenter is sexier. <gasps> Me too. I was going to say, like, anything where, like, someone's working with their hands, man or woman, like... Yeah, because I'm not good at that shit at all. What was your first fight with Chris? Yeah, so our first fight came just about... Uh, it was about two weeks shy of our one year anniversary a few months into us dating my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and chris and i were mm-hmm. we were smokers um i was more like socially smoker a so- social smoker but chris um smoked more heavily and my mom mm-hmm. got sick with cancer and i remember going with her to chemo um and seeing all these i mean if you've ever gone anywhere or I, i've ever gone to an oncologist's office it's not a fun place to be it's yeah it's really depressing and i'd sit with my mom at chemo and realize i don't want to be here if i have any ounce of control over preventing some form of this i don't want to be here and i yeah. told chris that i wanted to stop smoking and um we decided january 1st we were gonna of that year we were gonna stop smoking and that was gonna be it New Year's Eve, we were going to go out, smoke our last cigarettes, and that was Last cigarette ever. Well, <laughs> first fight okay. was January 1st. We had just quit smoking, and um, 
he had smoked for like 14 years of his life. Wow. Something crazy. Mm. Yeah, like 13, 14 years. Um, he started really young and uh, smoked every day. And he was going through like withdrawals from that. And I don't yeah. remember what it was about, but he got pissed about something and got up and left the house and i was like what the fuck we don't fight and it was something really small and stupid i think maybe i was like really drunk the night before and i was like i love you and i annoyed him and mm. he got pissed and just left the house and i was like what the fuck am i Shit. supposed to do he picked me up did i have to call my mom and have her get me like what, what do i do but yeah that was our first fight it was because he hadn't smoked any cigarettes and felt mm. like he lost his best friend and was very um upset and didn't know how to deal with that uh he has come a long way in talking about feelings and when things upset him and that <laughs> good anymore. mine was a lot tamer than that i mean we didn't have like fucking fights until we started looking for a house but <laughs> Oh, oh god it was so bad but our first like mini fight was really just <laughs> her pushing something and me having to like correct her for the first time oh, it was they hate that this is so foolish okay so but it's really funny it's like something we laugh about now but it took me like half a year to be able to laugh about it so it was a few months into our relationship and i she had never had like a tomato sandwich like what Grew up like, on those in the summer. September tomato with like mayo on toast. You know what I mean? Like this the bat like little salt and pepper. Oh, gotta. We were eating them like a lot, and she loved them. She was like so excited about them, right? She was like always talking about them, and we were like in bed, like we weren't naked or anything, but we were like you know starting to like. Get stuff yeah. flowing. You know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah. hey, hey, what's going on? What do you come here often? You know, like a little, little bit of foreplay. And she leans over and I think she's going to whisper something sexy in my ear. And she just goes, tomato sandwiches. And I got so <laughs> fucking mad at her. I was like, we need to stop this right now. And I'm going to tell you why. And I was just like. <laughs> When you are, when we are in the mood, don't fucking make a joke. And then she kept trying to make a joke about it the rest of the day. And I was like, oh, no, no, you got to stop. It's not funny yet. So, mm-hmm. yeah, tomato sandwiches is our first fight. All right. And now it's time to get into our legendary moments. Don't be alarmed by the fact that Caitlin suddenly magically <laughs> sounds extremely deathly ill. We are filming this less than 24 hours apart and yeah. Caitlin has been uh taken sick with <laughs> the morbid sore throat of, yeah some sort of old time <laughs> so we're gonna cruise on through these legendary moments so she can get some sleep yeah Kate watched my decline in in person in technologically person yeah, I don't know we what were yeah, we were taping night. and I, I was just like yo I think I gotta go to bed All right, so our first legendary moment this week comes from our buddy Dan on Twitter. And he says, hey, you guys, legendary moment for this episode is definitely the guys reacting to Robin's blasphemy about Field of Dreams. Because the first time I watched it, the reaction mirrored my reaction just a moment before. Who says guys can't have daddy issues? (laughs) (laughs) So good. Dan's pretty funny. 
I that, like oh, a yeah, lot Dan of the stuff that he, he sends us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I guess Dan falls in the camp of the guys enjoying the uh, the ghost baseball <laughs> players movie. So if you remember from the beginning of the episode, we had told you that Sam was sending us in three legendary moments. And if you stuck with us to the end, you could hear that last one. So this is her legendary moment. She writes, the reveal that Ted actually ends up designing the building and spills the ink, particularly when the show was first airing and we were still seasons away from finding out who the mother was and how things turn out for the gang. I remember clinging to any tiny clue like this about what the future would hold. And yes, I enjoy the sweet moment of him sharing the plans with Robin. Sorry for the Ted-heavy string of legendary moments, but I'm afraid it won't be the last time. We forgive you, Sam. As long as you keep sending us the legendary moments, it's fine if they're Ted-heavy. Heck yeah. yeah. Someone has to like Ted best, I, right? right? You know, yeah. Yeah, poor Ted. He's a good dude. I know. He really, he truly is. Mm-hmm. I just, Marshall, you know? Anyway. I know. So Sam finishes up with happy taping. Looking forward to the next episode soon. Thanks, Sam. Okay, next up we have Abha, who was completely unable to pick (laughs) one legendary moment. Uh, So she says, this one is a very smartly written episode. I can't pick a legendary moment. It's filled with so many of them. Um, So she liked the Field of Dreams argument. She liked um, Barney posing as Ted Mosby, the architect. Um, She liked the party scene and the conversation they have in Anna's apartment and Barney's letter. <laughs> that's, so she liked the that's whole episode. The episode. Same. Basically. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like we have two messages on the answering machine this oh, week. Oh, two. That's awesome. Let's take a listen. Hi, ladies. It's Miranda. So Ted Mosby, architect. I knew this one was coming after brunch, and I knew I had to watch it right away so I could pick out my legendary moment because there are so many moments in this episode, but my legendary moment is Marshall. Marshall didn't lie. And I think that will always stick with me is the fact that Marshall always tries to be the best guy that he can be. I don't think there's a malicious bone in his body, really. And when she calls him and asks where's Ted, and he goes, he's at work. He was serious. And everyone should know this by now, that Marshall is the honest guy in the room. So that is my legendary moment, is the fact that Marshall didn't lie. Well, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. That's, you know, I love that. That's a yeah, great. Yeah, that he was honest. That's a great legendary moment. And it, thank you, Miranda, because it made me realize, like, I got to start thinking outside the box more instead of thinking about what mm. was funny to me um Hmm. or what i liked i think that was such a great point to bring up because that is it's so true yeah the poignant stuff is good too although i do maintain like i said earlier this episode he would have lied for ted i think and i don't think that would have make made him a bad person i think it would have made him a loyal friend who knew that he was not the one that needed to deliver that Mm. that news all right, let's see what else we got on the answering machine. All right. Oh, I know my voice is so... Um, sultry. Yes, it's sultry. It's throaty. Mm. <laughs> Sound like you've been smoking Virginia Slims for 40 years. Hello, ladies. Hope you are all well. Um, my legendary moment for this episode is um, the callback 
by the writers to season one, episode five. Okay, awesome. So there's this moment in the bar where Robin and Lily are, are, are hearing about Ted's, um, you know, Ted impressing, Ted being Ted the architect. And then um, Lily asks um, Robin if she's okay, um, you know, that Ted took this lady to the party. And Lily says, okay, it's awesome. Um, and then later on, then Lily and Robin go to the club. And the blocking in that scene is almost identical to the scene in the OK Awesome episode. You know, Lily and Robin standing there with a bouncer. And like season one, they also had to bribe the bouncer with a personal effect. You know, season one was the boobies. And season, and in this episode, of course, the purse. So I think that's great writing. And I just want to thank you guys again for this podcast because I'm watching How I Met Your Mother just with different eyes and I'm picking up these brilliant notes um, that I've never noticed before. Well done. Stay awesome. Bye-bye. Oh, Tanya, that was so sweet. Oh, all I could think while I was listening to that was, wow, damn, she caught some good stuff. Yeah, me too. I... Like, we caught that it was like the same club from the outside, same bouncer, but yeah, the okay, awesome, and the fact that Lily and Robin were trying to, you know, negotiate with the bouncer like they did last time. Yeah. Thank you, Tanya. <laughs> that was awesome. That was a really, a really excellent um, catch there of the, the callbacks. And as we move further into the series, there will be tons of callbacks as well as call forwards. So if you guys see us miss something. Oh, my God. Call us out. Let us know. Let us know. And. And share with us, and we'll we'll air it because we want everybody to get all the little little, little details that they can. So, Caitlin, what was your ledge mom from this episode? Um, so right on the heels of me saying that I need to think a little more outside the box, and how those poignant moments are, I you know I gotta think about those too, not just whatever, be a little more deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my legendary moment is uh, all the dick jokes. <laughs> Honestly, it's just a, I'm a simple gal. Just, yeah, you yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, I just like the dick jokes sprinkled. They were so good. Sprinkled throughout the episode, it was just like a little hidden gem to remind you of the. Yeah, they were like tasteful, intelligent dick jokes. Yeah, so I I appreciated them. They yeah, 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 definitely. And those will continue as long as the penis building is in play. Yes. So, stay tuned for that. My legendary moment was Vinny the Bouncer because I love that he is in book club uh-huh. and that he's going to bring the crudités, which we didn't talk about. I just love that he's like this big, tough guy and he's, he's hanging out in what I imagine is a, a lady-dominated book club. Yeah. And, um, right? And I just want to know, like, what they're reading. Yeah. I just I just love to know a little more about that. And also when he says, my girl loves clutches. Oh, me so, so cute, right? Like thinking about his girlfriend. That was um, so. that was one of my other ones, and then also um, obviously the letter at the end. But <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> girl likes clutches. I love Vinny. Me too. So yeah, that's it. That is Ted Mosby, architect. We did it. Yeah, took us two days, uh, but uh, here we are. <laughs> Just a reminder that we will see you next week for best couple ever, and we have a special exciting guest interview that we will be airing during that episode yeah. so friends of the podcast sure friends of the podcast are going to be on with us so make sure you come for that because it's going to be 
very cool. We had a great time talking to these people. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to come back and find out more about that. Um, in the meantime, you can send us your legendary moment for best couple ever to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. And if you didn't know, we post our recaps every Thursday. So be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you are loving what you're hearing, don't forget to leave us a review. We're trying to get a bunch more iTunes reviews. So um, take a little time and tell us how much you love us over there. And we'd really appreciate it. And at any time, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on everything going on at Hey Beautiful Pod. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro outro music is by Owl Ong. Oh my god, I wasn't recording. Gotcha. <laughs> You're a bitch. You're a fucking bitch. <laughs>